0: This is GWC podcast number 356, recorded January 12th, 2013. In this episode, Audrey explains alien sex, Chuck explains the in Law, and no Fus Roda for Sean. But first, your hosts... Three unrepentant sci-fi geeks. I'm Chuck Cage. And one day you end up a big evil, you know, crap ass. And with me, Audra
1: Hesley. If,
0: if I had a nickel for every time I
1: got boned at the eye of
2: Jupiter. Man. And Sean O'Hara. <laughs> I shall <fart.
0: laughs> Our mission, enjoy new science fiction, fantasy, and other cool stuff every week and share the experience with you. Oh yeah, and have some fun in the process. GWC is brought to you largely by the generosity of listeners like you. It's your donations that keep us going. For more information on how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. And the fine folks at audible.com. Visit www.audiblepodcast.com slash watercooler for your free audiobook. Of course, we'd love to hear your opinions, too. So if you have something to say, or hey, you could introduce us to something new, don't just holler at your MP3 player. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229, extension 701. And leave us a voicemail for inclusion in a future show. Better yet, you can join the GWC community, a group widely recognized as the friendliest people in sci-fi, in watching, reading, and enjoying all kinds of cool stuff 24-7 over on galacticwatercooler.com, our website, blog, and forum. GWC is a spoiler-free podcast, and we define spoilers as definitive information regarding material not yet released in the United States or its country of origin. In short, if it's out, it's fair game. Welcome back, everybody.
1: Indeed.
0: Awesome holidays. Which are now over. Indeed. (laughs) They are way
2: over, are they not? (laughs) That is good. John
1: has this zombified look on his face. (laughs) Uh,
2: This is the last one for me. Today, in fact, is the last one for me. We're doing Squeak's birthday today. Yay! And, uh, yeah, it's not till later on in the month, but, you know, this is when everybody had, but I have got to run after this cast to do... The little kids birthday party <laughs> that's awesome like Come all my friends and all that well it's it's not bad you know when you have to play man-to-man with kids that's fine it's when you play zone that it's it's not good when you have like three kids to every person and they're all running around full of pizza ice cream and cake um it, it's it's not good
1: They, they kind of act like you You mean <laughs> Full of ice cream And cake and no, well, no I just go to different. sleep Sean yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: looks very happy And very relaxed Yeah wow that's, that's when true it's actually, full of ice cream. Yeah <laughs> you
2: know, Actually I do too <laughs> They just It's like uh, you know Those little tops That you had when you were a kid You just yank the cord And <laughs> You know you know, you know kind of what's going to happen, but you can't control it at all. You That's know gonna yeah,
1: exactly. so you it's going to fly everywhere. Exactly. It's just
2: going to bounce off the walls. So you take them to a place where that is specifically built. Designed from, for the walls. Yeah, or- bounce off the walls. It's actually called Going Bunkers. Uh, so, the place yeah. is called that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. You're
1: like, we're looking for chaperones for a birthday party. And they're like, what's the place called?
0: Going Bunkers. <laughs>
1: They oh have pizza. <laughs> I'm so
0: busy. Yeah. Wonder what's gonna happen there. It'll yeah. probably be calm and
2: relaxed, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure. So yeah. <laughs> this is this is my moment of zen before the storm. My last holiday until I get peace and can enjoy my
0: <laughs> my stuff. You go know. back to work and go, relax. <laughs> go back to work, relax, enjoy my brokenness and don't have any other parties. Hey, that's you know? okay. I, I spend most of my holiday like cleaning the house and stuff, so <laughs> It's. Uh,
1: I'm just glad that we didn't travel or anything. It was nice. I mean, it was. We, we had like you know some people come visit us and didn't have to go anywhere and do anything. It was great.
2: Yeah. Now, if you put well, all I mean, that together, other than Chuck, you know that means they didn't <laughs> leave the house. They cleaned the whole thing, and then poor Juan came down. <laughs> he was like, "Let us do this." And Juan is awesome. Yes. If you see what he did to Chuck's house, it is it is pretty good.
0: We have been, uh, we have been cre- fixing tech issues that have arisen over the last couple of years that have just not been important enough to deal with. Yes, but and together uh, these become... guys have been
1: talking about it on Skype all year long. Though I mean,
2: it's true. It's not like Chuck
1: sprang it on him.
2: No, you know? In fact, <laughs> they had a battle plan so precise. <laughs> it's our way. It was awe inspiring. Planning is exciting. <laughs> it is. is
0: part of what we do. It's yeah, what it's, the we actual do. execution
2: of the plan is not it's as nearly
0: need. as fun. As, <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do. Yeah. No. It was. It was. It was pretty cool. And. And definitely an improvement. But, uh, you know, Audra and I got to see Looper last night.
1: Finally. Finally. Yeah. yeah, yeah after- that, it was cool. And I'm glad, uh, you know, it's funny. I knew the basic premise of the movie, but I, I hadn't really dug a lot into it. I was just like, oh, I'll wait. And oh, it's time you know? travel. It's Moose Whales. Yeah, it's we'll time travel. It. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be cool, you know. be like Die Hard so, in time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Yeah.
0: laughs> not so, so much. So
1: we were going to watch it together. We're like, oh, we'll do like a, it'll be kind of like a date, you know, we'll do like a romantic dinner and stuff. And then we'll watch nice. Swooper and, and stuff. Yeah, not so much. And then we ended up uh, not doing it that way. We just like, we just kind of threw it on, but... I'm so glad that we didn't make that part of a like a romantic eat because it's a good movie, but it is not not a romantic no, movie. Yeah, I
0: mean, <laughs> I, I think
1: as far as the uh, guts flying around factor and well, and you know,
0: I I think really. I, I guess for me it, it it's not it makes a f-
1: Prometheus look like veggie tales <laughs> oh, I, I would not say that
0: there's actually not that much in the way of of guts or anything it 's just it 's just a lot of violence you know and and it 's not gratuitous it's it 's critical to the plot and the way the movie it is, works it and it 's a good movie you know it 's not fun to watch right it 's a good story and you know I, I'm not going to spoil it because that's part of the fun I mean it I wouldn't say it's like the sixth sense or something it's funny because Bruce Willis also you know there but he's in everything it's, it's like one of those things and Sam that Jackson just divvy it up figuring out the movie and watching it as part of the fun so I'm not going to blow all that by saying what it <laughs> why is why am
1: I not in that movie <laughs> you know? but
0: they tell you right up front I mean you know in the first minute or two of the movie that, that the basic plot is that they invent time travel 30 years in the future from 2040 something mm-hmm. uh, in which case they still drive F 150s which i find really entertaining this is the most popular truck in america i I, I didn't say it was inaccurate (laughs) i said i find it entertaining (laughs) but uh but the idea being that apparently it's hard to dispose of bodies in the future so they send them back and these they have they hire these people to just stand there at a certain time and the body appears and they shoot it and they take the money and 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 burn the body right and and the trick is
1: Time travel, when it's invented, is immediately outlawed, so it becomes right. a completely criminal thing.
0: And this is literally like a five second thing that somebody says in the movie, like that far into the movie, you know, just seconds in the. M- so, uh, but the trick being that eventually they these they call them loopers because they close the loop. At some point, the person that they shoot is themselves from the future. Because the
1: mob wants to cut off all ties to them right. and evidence uh, remove that-
0: all history of them and everything they did. So they, they end up killing themselves and they get uh, a bunch of gold strapped to themselves, you know, and they get 30 years to spend their gold and have a good time, right, before they get sent back and die. So anyway, uh, I, I love the line when he's like, not a lot of forward-looking people in this trade. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I think... What struck me the most, I mean, there's a lot of fun thinking about how the movie's structured and everything, which is what makes it a good movie. What I thought was is that this is a massive violation of the Tannen law, which is never ever send your enemy to the past.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's just a bad idea. Like, never ever send your enemy to the past.
1: Biff never sent his enemy. To I building. know,
0: but the point is... is but he
1: learned that Marty did yeah. yeah,
0: Marty sent Biff right, right. to the past, well, which was his enemy, and it worked out him, really he badly. Just, he
1: negligently allowed his enemy to go to the past. Which party. is
0: why it's doubly stupid to do it on
2: purpose. So yeah, that should I don't be more think like anybody, the Terminator uh, law. Yeah, anybody like, uh, purposely books them on all-expense pa- <laughs> you know, trip to the past to screw everything up. But it's just yeah. yeah. in a idiot. inadvertent, you know... You sound like an idiot when you do it that way. I'm just saying. I mean, You're, would you
0: guys agree? That is a reasonable law for, say, anyone with time ever. travel looking to benefit. <laughs> yeah. Ever. yeah, just ever. Never
2: send yeah. your enemy to the past. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's kind of qualifies as, as canon. You can just go ahead and take that to the bank.
0: And I mean, of course, you can also have fun with the whole...
1: <laughs> your enemy shows up at your fifth birthday and shows, yeah, shows you side boob and traumatizes you. <laughs> yeah.
0: You I mean, like yeah. this? You shouldn't. <laughs> Zinga.
1: You
0: know <laughs> <where he goes. laughs> Mr. I slept with my own grandma.
1: Today your senior prom, your enemy shows up, you're like, ah oh, crap. Jokes <laughs> on
2: you, I didn't go to my senior prom. <laughs> He's like <"Q,"> like <laughs> he either. just
1: shows up randomly to like dick around with you.
2: You could take Leslie Dalton. I'm not going. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the future you is they always say that like the young you is dumb, but in this case, like the future you like remembers it fondly, but the present you is like, Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just <laughs> forgot over thirty years. Okay. <laughs> just go <It's> ahead. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I couldn't help it. I uh that was the other fun thing, of course, and and I'm I'm having fun with this because uh I don't want to spoil it, but the other fun thing was you have a time machine and and the best, most productive thing you could think to do with is dispose bodies with it. Like you know, you could fix well. Anything considering in that in it, it has
1: been outlawed entirely for you know,
0: yeah, Well, they're using it, you know. So you think it wouldn't be a problem? <laughs> I'd use it to change that. You know? Damn right. You start there. You know, these are clearly not you know, Doc forward Brown's. Forward
3: people. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Let's go back to the past,
2: buy a bunch of stuff for nothing, and then bring it forward and get a whole bunch of money for the antiques. Now we have a pile of cash. Okay, yeah. let's move from let's there. Let's go back and put a dollar in. Yeah, back. exactly. Many Fry, times. You know, like Fry had $4.38 and over a thousand years, the compound interest yeah. is $11 billion. I mean, yeah. $11 <laughs> billion.
1: <laughs> Do you know what the tax is on $11 billion? $12 billion. Dollars? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> Man, well, I suppose since we're doing a news podcast this week, we should do some news.
3: And now, Galactic Water Cooler news updates, upcoming stuff in general, and anything else we care to talk about during this segment. Ooh.
2: Okay, the uh, the newest season or the new season of Justified started this week. Okay. And uh, I know you guys don't watch that show. You really should. There, there's. It's a fantastically good take on the Hillabilly Whisperer, right? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, okay, it's, that was awesome. I've,
1: I've heard the show is awesome, but I don't know much about it.
2: Yeah, it's uh, Rayland Givens is a. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, is a marshal in Kentucky. And he, Is that the character's name? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's played by uh, uh, Tim- Timothy Oliphant. Okay, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think that's how you'd say his name. But anyway, um, he was also in... Uh, he's He's been in a bunch of stuff, but he's this marshal, and he has an anger issue. And uh, he's he deals with all... It's all hillbillies and drugs and, and all kinds of stuff like that, and he deals with that. But... It is probably my favorite because he's he's like an old west gunslinger only in modern day. So his first thing is, okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you a warning. If you don't heed the warning, I'm going to shoot you. And nobody ever heeds the warning. You know, so there's a lot of gun gunfights, a lot of draws and everything like that. He's just this smooth-talking dude. Anyway, the new season came out, and holy crap, has it not lost a step at all. Uh, so if you're not watching that, seriously, you need to be watching Accents aside, which it has some of the best bad. Evil characters That you really love (laughs) You really do I was just thinking
1: of Like next gen baddies You know like With their like uh, Shoulder padded -padded Leather jackets And and feathered hair Ladies
2: and gentlemen Flock of seagulls
3: (laughs) Is the
0: bad guy In this next gen episode
2: Yeah well It it can't be worse Than the um, Oh god What was it from From Voyager Not the Okamba But the other ones Uh,
1: Oh the Kazon Kazon Oh
0: god Oh my god Okay Okay. Worst Worst hair ever
1: (laughs) You know that you're a bonehead when you literally have, have bones, bones On your, your head, head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: it's like, wow, is Tina Turner your hairstylist or <laughs> Don King or what happened to you, you know? But, uh, yeah, it's they'll <laughs> love that song, it's, <laughs> it's a good song. Listen <laughs> to the 80s on Pandora, and everybody's like, why are you, what is that? I'm because like,
1: it's awesome, it's awesome. Shut up, <laughs> 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 you know.
0: Hey, you I can dance if I want to.
1: <laughs> Piss off. Yeah. You're no friend of mine. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs>
2: you ever so seen awesome. it with the crazy blonde German chick? Like, in the video? They're like, what? <laughs> I so
1: thought that weird. was the white wedding video.
2: Actually, it kind of is, too. Yeah. And the Don't cradle, and the cradle of love
1: video. <laughs> and the like a virgin video.
2: <laughs> Have you, seen, you ever seen Labyrinth? Yeah. Have you ever seen the 80s? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> the babe with the power.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Justified, it's cool. You need to check it out.
1: You know what, what scares me is that this show sounds awesome. And that's not the part that scares me. The show sounds awesome. <laughs> okay. But, okay. All right. but the part that scares me is that I think that there are way too many people in this country who see shows like that and they're like, I could be like that guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and- like, so many people think that just like any tool. With a gun can go be this vigilante, awesome hero, you know?
2: The best part of that whole movie... There's like a that, break in the mythology yeah, that somewhere. That whole that whole show is when Raylan gives people the speech about gunfights. You know, and he's <laughs> like, look, a lot can go wrong with a gunfight. You know, your gun can jam, you can do all this. A lot could go wrong with a draw. You know, and he'll draw in the blink of an eye, you know, and, and be pointing at him. See, that went well. It might not go well the next time. Do you want to chance it? You know, the dude's got his gun in the back waistband. He's like... Oh, that's a bad place to put it, you know? You got a trigger pull. You've got that sight going on there. I'm willing to bet you got a six inch barrel on that, which means you're going to have to lift it eight inches before you sling it to the left. You know,
1: wait, what are we talking
2: about? Yeah, you know, by the way, <laughs>
0: yeah. try not by to shoot way, yourself in the ass. Try not to
2: shoot yourself. You know, it's like a lot could go wrong in a gun battle. So it sounds like someone being do?
1: potty trained. Yeah, it is. He, he walks these criminals through
2: it. You know, these these scenarios, and the criminals just wind it's up It's like a
0: criminal training
2: plan. It you is. Know? You know, and, he's, and then every once in a while, you'll get the guy who thinks he's faster than Rayland and Ray. Raylan just drills one through his head, you know, and holsters it again. <laughs> yeah, I tried to warn you, you know, but
1: that's the problem, though. So many people who watch the show are going to be like, well, I'm not like those hillbillies. I'm like <laughs> Rayland, You know, I am every, Rayland. That's what every one of the hillbillies <laughs> thinks. You
2: I know. You know it's, it's always hysterical. Yeah, the dude, uh, there's a dude sitting this in the first season sitting in a sh- uh, truck with a shotgun and Raylan sitting there by the door leaning up against the door and he brings the shotgun up. And Raylan just pulls it out of the door and knock, you know, punches him in the face and beats his head against the steering wheel. Goes, see that didn't go well for you now, did it? You know, I mean, it's, it's great. I, I don't know. It,
1: his name is Raylan Hemmings.
2: <laughs> and they reenacted the cantina scene from. Oh, really? From Star Wars. Oh, that's fine. They had a dude in a green jacket. And, did
1: they have a guy with a butt for a face.
2: Kinda, yeah, kinda. (laughs) Had the the music playing in the background (laughs) was was awesome.
0: Speaking of references, uh, a lot of people sent us this news, and we saw it as well. Which was, you know, we we talked about Pacific Rim, and and of course, the voice of Gladys. Yeah, Uh, the woman who voices Gladys is voicing. Uh, is voicing the suit or, or the armor or whatever it is in that movie. But uh, they he, it's kind of come out that uh, the Toro has kind of went a little bit farther in the uh, in the trailer than he's going to in the actual movie in terms of making her sound like Gladys. They went ahead and processed it. Oh,
1: that it. sucks. That's misleading.
0: Well, uh, yes and no. I mean, well, it is a little misleading, but I... It's I, like,
1: the cake is alive. By the way, this line will not be appearing in the movie. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is is
0: I I don't think that it's it's nasty that he couldn't do that in the movie. I don't think it's a really a possibility for him, no. but he's a big fan and he even said that uh, they asked him about it and uh and he said I wanted very much to have her because I'm a big Portal fan. Uh but she's not cake obsessed in the uh you know, in the movie. So it, it wouldn't have worked in the movie, but I guess he's such a big fan of Portal and uh, you know, and Portal 2 that he really wanted to uh, to include it so yeah i mean a little disappointing that it's not we're not going to get full-on gladys in the movie but a little bit awesome that a major director is like yeah i'm going to get my video game reference into yeah, this one way yeah, or the other still, screw you guys i mean that's yeah. just awesome also cool video game voice actor like that getting work in in a movie like this because yeah of the, and hopefully
1: some recognition that's awesome and yeah
0: yeah and this
2: is one of my news items as well if you guys seen the second pacific room trailer no, but I will the minute
0: we're done Holy with this. because crap,
2: is it smooth. Wow. Uh, they have taken the, the monster versus robot theme. Like over the top? Yeah. they're And, you know, in the trailer, they're like, you know, we never thought we'd be invaded. You know, we thought it'd come from the stars and, it, you know, it comes from the ocean and everything. Yeah. And it's the same as the original one. And then they start really showing you how this is going to happen. So we built monsters of our own. You get to see the monsters and, and oh, the robots yes. uh, that we're going to put up against this in a couple more frames in a, and some more action and stuff. And, you know, there's the jet punch elbow and everything like there was <laughs> in the first trailer that you got to sp- punch.
1: Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it's <laughs> huge.
2: hugest thing. It's, you know, his hands, the size of a building, you know, was it's awesome. coming. and you can see the turbine spin up in the elbow <laughs> and drive it forward, you know, through this, this monster. But uh, the coolest thing ever, is uh the, I was just
1: thinking what you could do with a hand the size of a building. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, know, I know what the first thing anyone would do with it is.
2: I gotta say. <laughs>
1: just think like Wallowitz right? yeah.
2: <laughs> Well it's sort of like the uh, the inappropriate comedy Did it have trailer express. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. The the inappropriate comedy trailer, have you guys seen that? No. no. It, it's a horrible movie. It's it's like produced by Vince, whatever. It's like, is that the guy from Shamwell? You know, and uh, <laughs> But uh there's there's this C where they're they're rolling out their new media player and it's a fully synthetic woman. Media player. <laughs> he's like, I don't understand. You know, they've got the, the CEO of the company Well
0: it's what everybody else does with them. It's, it's, it's like his
2: his his entire like team there, it's like really? This is he's like, Oh yeah, it's great. It's the whatever it is, nine thousand and everything. Um, Sir uh, testing units have gone well badly. Why? You know, he's like, Well, the um uh, they've been sticking their uh, well, they've been doing things to the Vagiport. No, that's awesome. Vagiport. He's oh like, my god. He's like, what happens? Well, uh, when they apparently when they put it in there, it gets cut off by the exhaust fan. You know, they they said, Jim, have you you've been testing? Have you uh, have you seen anything go happen? You know, and he's like, no, I don't have anything at all. He's got his hand. You know, it's been cut off and everything. That. That's that's what people think of when they do giant robot and No ro- uh, no
1: <laughs> archetypal masculine fear in this one. Right? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Not in the least. Not yeah. in the least. <laughs> what do they call that uh isn't it is like vagina dentata or something? Yes, yeah, 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 the thing. It's exactly. It's like the it giant is. Venus flytrap. It's like this fear. I don't know this psychological thing where there's a fear that you stick anything in there and it's just going to get chomped. And off.
0: actually, I mean, it's kind of a you history. know, like in Rome, that, that never happened. That that
1: beast's mouth in Rome, like in uh, Roman Holiday, and they like stick their mouth, your hand into it and the if, mouth. Like, it's also
0: it isn't it a like a um, like kind of a term used for for rape prevention the idea of, of, of doing something that makes it risky. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like oh, a general, it's used as an application. Like in Shawshank Redemption.
1: Right. Yeah. You got it. Yep. Okay. So anyway. Different subject. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, on a happier note, did uh, did you guys see, you know, uh, Lego for a long time has had these uh, this situation where you could go on and design what you wanted and buy the stuff. And yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. In fact, one uh, got me for Christmas and it's still in shipping because it's coming from elsewhere, obviously. But... Um, he has, it's, uh, we've been messing around with the little raspberry Pi boards, the little $30 computers Mm -hmm. and a guy designed a really cool little Lego case for it that holds it right. And it even has like a little Lego raspberry on top of it. Nice. Yeah. It's awesome. So you can spec everything out and then order the kit, and they'll send it to you. Right. Well, they, they have a voting system. I I know you know about this, Sean, where Mm -hmm. you can go in and people can put designs in, you can do your own. And uh, people can vote for them, and the big ones can get turned into actual kits. Well, a guy has been doing superhero action nice. figures, including, like, this one, Audrey. if you Iron Man. Iron Man, yeah. There's a
1: glare on it. it oh, there we go. Sweet.
0: <laughs> so, a uh, little to the left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no Turn on the jets. Freaking <laughs> billion but, size uh, hand. Yeah, I mean, even the back deploys, and uh, this is badass. So yeah, I, no, that I, is. Uh, I was so like, I will build this. I well, I, it's too expensive for me, but I went and voted for it. <laughs> Regardless, I always like to vote for the ones that are cool. And he has a Lego Batman, I guess, too, and some others. So a
2: couple of years ago, there was a a fully articulate the turret moved and everything Lego Tiger Tank. Oh, that's cool! And the tracks, dirt, you know, the tracks moved and all that stuff, and it was powered and everything. It was beautiful. I voted for that. It won.
1: Nice.
2: It did. It did good. Chuck, things.
1: didn't we see a full size Lego Batman in? Um Crap, what's the famous toy store in New York? F.A.O.
0: Shorts. Yeah, yeah, you remember yeah, in, we in did. Manhattan? Yeah. It was a life-size one, you know? Nice. What's cool about this is that it must have been a, a bitch to design because it's, like, small, you know? Well, they have the modeling studios for Legos now. That you oh, can, yeah, but still, yeah. damn. It's I an mean, articulated it, figure. Yeah, oh, like, yeah no, it's,
2: it's a bastard, but <laughs> yeah, you can, you can do it with the, the Lego studios now, and it's, it's not bad. It's... A little more work to do something like that. I well, mean, you're yeah. going to be a while. See, I think
0: that's a great target for, like, that program of selling a kit. Because, like, a lot of people would pay a good bit for that. I would if I had it. I would, you know, we could build it. But I don't think I could design something like that. You know, so if somebody has that skill and is contributing it to the thing, that is a real plus. no, if I had know. enough
2: time, I'd probably swing it. But. I think
0: so. I mean, you spent a little more time with, with joints and so on because you had to figure them out to d- to draw stuff. Right. So. Um, I would have to start there, you know, and then worry about the mechanical <laughs> stuff and what Lego parts are available, which is a pretty significant issue significant, in and of itself, yeah. you know, and then, <laughs> but uh, yeah, really cool stuff.
1: I feel kind of dumb because I, I never really got much beyond like, I need the piece with three dots, not the piece <laughs> with four dots, you know. <laughs>
2: You, you r- rapidly progress on from that because, you know, when you're a kid, you got nothing to do, you got a pile of Legos, you will find something to make Oh, yeah, out you of build it. your own. But- you know how
1: much time I spend? Is, you, you know those, like, really flat pieces? Yeah. And you would get, like, four of them stuck together. Like, it would take four or five of them to make the thickness of a normal one. Mm-hmm. But I'd always get those Three stuck actually. together and I could never pry them apart. I feel like I spent half my childhood trying to pry apart those really flat Lego pieces.
2: It is a bitch. We used to take those really flat Lego pieces and layer them about this thick and yeah, make yeah. swords. Oh God. And just and we we It's just, like Lego Damascus. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> it's great, you know. And of course they didn't have great sticking properties, so about the third or fourth time somebody's sword just shattered all over it, which was the best thing ever. Ever yeah.
1: yeah, I bet.
2: You know, so yeah, it was it was cool.
1: So it would, that would be like a precursor to a like an action film where it's all you know you can see all the little pieces flying like particle kind of in system. slow motion. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, real yeah. particles, the predecessor to the particle right. system. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we modeled it with Lego. <laughs> it's it's the, the earliest previous. <laughs> um I came across this uh this piece and I think it was on one. Uh, oh, I remember. Uh Will Wheaton actually put it on his Tumblr. Whedon. Will Wheaton, yeah. Um this this, uh, this discussion, I guess it was at a con uh, somewhere or some kind of press event. But kind of interesting that uh, Gates McFadden mentioned that uh, one of the reasons that she was... Uh, written out of the show during that season enjoyable two. second season.
1: Yeah, that's the one where Pulaski comes in and, and takes over. Pulaski had like
0: it?
2: three good moments.
1: I know, when she was cheering Data on when he was playing that, that board game. Media, with that with
2: that a- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that alien. No game awesome. of has ever gone this high. <laughs> <you know? laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, and it's funny because I hated Pulaski when she was on as a character and then, I mean, the actress is obviously cool, but when... But when she the character, it, it
1: wasn't fair to Pulaski yeah, because as a replacement for Beverly, right. no one's yeah, going to like her. Right, know?
0: and she just started getting a little bit interesting in, in the end of it, and then they came to their senses and and brought back the person that was obviously meant to be in that role for the rest of the season. But the interesting thing is, is that apparently uh, she had a uh, she indicated that she had had an issue with uh, the fact that the writers were always using her in this, her character in this very odd way. Um, like she mentioned that, uh, uh, she raised her as a character, as a character raised her child on, on, on her own. Uh, so he might be obnoxious about it, but he saved the ship a bunch. Uh, you know, there has to be some of those genes in his mother. So why are we using, you know, why is his mother, you know, treated like this person that can have essentially no input other than to be weak or have problems. Well, she said that
1: whenever someone was shown giving him advice or important information, it was always a male role model and that you never see these serious conversations between her and her son Mm -hmm. and that you would imagine that because he grows up to be this kind of kid who can save the ship a bunch of times that that would have come from her, at least in some way, but you never really see it.
0: So, yeah, I don't have the actual words in front of me, but the bottom line is, yeah, she had had some disagreements and and indicated that that was one of the major reasons that she was let go at the end of the second, at the end of the first season. And uh, that worked out really well. And thankfully, everything righted itself. Otherwise, who knows? Season three might not have been as incredibly awesome as it was. She went on to be a badass character, too. You are not kidding.
1: Well, I I was surprised that, I, I mean... It's not like a shock, but it was interesting to me that she went as far as to say that it was sexism that caused her to decide to leave. Yeah. Um, and what else is interesting is Chuck and I were watching an old episode of Next Gen the other night, and it was um, – oh, it was the one with uh, the the Gen-I. Um, not the Gen-I from Stargate, not but the, G- the Gen-I and-
0: – a-I, but the J-E-N-N apostrophe I. The people who have, like,
1: no gender, you know, because we wanted to watch the one where Riker hooks up with that, like, supposedly androgynous uh, she-alien.
2: It was strangely
0: a woman. But yeah,
1: right, right. Yeah, they were all not. strangely women. <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh,
0: <laughs> Like, we want to talk about gay rights, but we're not going to because right. it's the 80s, it, so it here's was, what we're going to do. It
1: was fairly progressive, I mean, the way they talked about it, but... Yeah, uh, Classic. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're watching that episode, and there's a scene where the character that Riker ends up with, uh, briefly, Saren is her name. She's having a discussion with Beverly, and uh, she's asking like, "What's it like to be a woman?" And Beverly says, "Well, I don't know. I don't think about it." Freaking it's just, great. <laughs> yeah. She's like, "Well, I, I don't know. It's just who I am. I never really think about what it's like." Got and, boobs,
2: red hair, and, everything's perfect.
1: And she asks her, "I noticed that you, you know, you put color on your face and, and things like that." And uh, they're talking about makeup. And she says, so it's the women's job to attract the men. And Beverly says, this was no, funny. no, not necessarily. You know, it's it's men are just as concerned about attracting women, but they do it in a different way. And in fact, a lot of times it's the most important thing on their mind, but they don't want anyone to know. And and then she says, uh, Saren asks her, so women are... I think. Inferior what? to men. What? And,
0: uh, well, she's wondering. Oh, okay. She's okay. wondering.
1: Yeah. She's asking questions like, you know, why is it, why are these things different, you know? And, uh, and Beverly says, oh, no. You know, that years ago, and you can see the, the actor, you know, she's like thinking back, you know, she's like, centuries ago, that used to be the case, but that hasn't been the case like for the a very season. long time. <laughs> like last Yo, season, I know. Now, I, mean. I know. I mean, yeah, this was, I think it was season three. And, uh, I was, or I don't remember what season it was, but it was just interesting. And I was thinking, I wonder what Gates McFadden is thinking in that scene when she's like, Oh no, Evan producers." You know, it hasn't, <laughs> it hasn't been that way for such a very long time. And I mean, even now a woman saying that would, would there be a little bit of a sense of this is interesting, you know, cause I, I don't think I would say that today, but in 1990 or, or whatever it was, you know, it's just interesting. I mean, I think it's it just goes to uh, like remind us that Star Trek is always the cool... One of the things that a lot of people, including me, love about the Roddenberry vision is that we're looking forward to what could be, you know, what we hope would be. Um, yeah. It, it is interesting, though. It makes you wonder that if everything really is uh, completely equal, would we still see that visually? Would we still see women... Uh, Sarah notes that all the women have long hair you know and all the women have long hair and makeup would that still be the case yeah Audrey and I had an
0: interesting discussion about this with uh, like they all dress in these uh, like we were having fun kind of mst 3 king which is always fun with you know 20 year old sci-fi right and uh, Audrey's like Apparently, in genderless society, everyone wears sackcloth.
1: <laughs>
0: and, uh, oh, yeah. And, um, and I, I commented, I'm like, hmm, I wonder, maybe you would, you know? I mean, if I wonder Leave how it ma-
1: to Riker to hit that, even the thing with no gender, right? <laughs> even the
0: genderless sackcloth. I'm, I'm, I need me some of that, you know? Hey, how you doing, baby? I don't know what's down I'm there. I'm not p- a woman. I don't care. I don't know what's down there, but I need some of it. I need some But of I'm going to find out. <laughs> No, but I mean, you know, where's we had my
1: sackcloth a- over there on my hope chest? <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice.
2: Damn.
3: On
1: my trombone case. <laughs> yeah, on my trombone case.
2: <laughs> that that's just a picture of minuet. Long story. <laughs> Never mind. You know.
0: But yeah. I, I we had this interesting kind of short discussion about like I wonder how much of of fashion is drawn is 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 related to. You know, the need to impress the opposite or same sex. Uh, I don't know, man. But if you watch it, Shannon and I have been
2: watching uh, Voyager Uh uh-huh. because oh, she yeah. she's never seen any of Voyager and she's reading a lot oh, of the, okay. the books. Oh, yeah. that's, that's her, awesome. Some of the books the are really, really good. good. Books, yeah. Yeah, she's like, holy crap. Is, is Are the books cool? She's like, I've never Tell seen any of Voyager.
1: Mosaic is, I think, the best one.
2: Uh, she's, she's been reading that stuff here pretty, pretty hardcore because she's got her Kindle and she yeah. just blows and goes. And (laughs) it's a boy. I should not say that. Anyway, (laughs) uh, we were watching. uh, I think it was the second or third episode in the series. You know, and they're... Yikes. Yeah. They're, yeah, it's a little rough to begin yeah, with. Once yeah. you get past the Kazon, it gets slightly better. Yeah, we're still in the Kazon stuff. Uh, we haven't even met Seven yet, but they go to the Oh, no, planet. Seven
1: of Nine doesn't come on to, like, Season 5 or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so,
0: you're, you're on the downhill run. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it's a, you got a lot hey, of vision quests. A hot board check. you go.
1: You got a lot of vision quests and Captain... Proton and all that stuff Captain before. Proton's cool Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Vision Quest suck Captain Proton yeah. is cool Whenever there are like Pamphlets at the beginning We're always like ah. Oh, uh, she's like who's that I'm like that's Chicote. He's kind of a dick <laughs> You know but uh, never quite explained What well anyway We
2: go to the You knew it's the early 90s Or like the mid 90s Or whatever Because when they go to this planet It's all like cross colors mm-hmm. It's all like <laughs> Yellow <laughs> Orange Red Red and blue Brown blue You know you're like United ooh. colors of aliens <laughs> yeah. She's like, "What the hell <laughs> it's, it's the nineties, okay, you gotta remember <laughs> mid nineties you're lucky if crisscross doesn't make it up here. It's in the background, wow. you know it's like <laughs> all right, it's just just we gotta get past this. I swear it gets better, you know
0: it's it's the hardest Job, though
1: Jump, we'll make a delta quadrant, jump, jump, uh-huh, uh-huh." <laughs>
0: I got to say though it it is the slowest burn of the Trek series. She fell asleep on the third episode. She's I can like,
2: see does that. does it get faster than this I'm like look I told you It's a while. It gets a while, you know. The end run is really good. The while leading up to it is is rough. I'm like Chuck had to coaxed me through it. He's like, all right, just skip this one and skip this one. When Janeway's hair
1: gets shorter and she just that's, wears that's it down, that's when that's it starts to get. That's when the series starts to get better.
2: Yeah, Shannon Shannon got a little upset because, you know, of course, she is in these kind of action type jobs or has been in her entire career, and she's like that hairdo is never going to last through action and of course as soon as the action comes she gets a little dirty she's got the you know the tresses perfectly formed and the curly cues and everything yeah, so her her like, hair that is like, so not battle ready, and
1: her hair is like eight feet long and she's got it tied up in this like sideshow bob thing you know? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like the space beehive is not gonna happen <laughs> it you,
3: not you combat hairdo. hairdo.
0: I, I got to admit, what one thing that makes Voyager really special is that there are some plot lines in Voyager that would never fly in any of the others, even <laughs> DS9, in a good way. Yeah. Like, like uh, uh, you know, lay, later on when when they have the uh, they they land the ship and get stranded, you know, and and the things they have to do, some of the decisions that they have to make are very. Uh, they come up with solutions that are very untrack, you know, yeah. unclassic track, and not DS9 track either, you know, which is the other series that's kind of out that way. And I- I'm trying to think too the uh, some of the decisions that they make with the Borg and with uh, uh, Species Eight Four Seven Two oh, and, and those species things. Species
1: Eight Four Seven Two rocks.
0: That kind of stuff. That was very creative. I mean, that yeah. was. i it, It's certainly not my favorite. Like, quote, I'm making finger <laughs> quotes. An enemy, but. But yet, it's probably. My name probably... is Catherine
1: Janeway. Welcome to the bridge. Okay, that's, and,
0: and she will love that. If, yeah, you, will. if everything sucks, you might just forward to that. You <laughs> want to watch that one episode and then go back. That'll charge her up for like two seasons of K's BS. Yeah, well, she likes Balana.
2: She's she's a big Ballana fan. I can see that. So
1: yeah, Bellana's cool.
2: And, I could uh, see
0: that. The first couple levels
2: she's like, Well she's okay. I'm not sure about Janeway and I'm really not like a Chicote already. You
1: know what's interesting? <laughs> yeah, I've never I liked think I'd Chakotay. known this before but didn't really think about it this like clearly. But I think that the discomfort with having a female captain permeates that show. Like they it's supposed to be super comfortable for them. Right. But you can tell that the people making the show are not really comfortable with it because they keep trying to overcompensate in these weird ways. And they give her this male first officer who kind of stands behind her with one hand on her shoulder, like always being that kind of almost that romance novel type.
0: I thought that the hardest part with that was the way, especially early on, that they wrote her uh, as this like... You know, they had some very traditional kind of female plots for her early on that kind of made it difficult to buy. They didn't like like and you know, what's funny is I think that that like BSG and stuff like that learned from this because like when BSG said, okay we're going to portray this equality. They just from the beginning hit you smack in the face with it and didn't let up.
1: Right, and, and that you worked. could tell that they bought into that concept. Yes. And yes. in Voyager, I think that you could tell that... writers didn't. <laughs> yeah, you could tell that there was a hesitance or, or a lack of everyone being on board or a lack of everyone being totally bought into the concept. It was like you could tell that it was a future show written... They were working in, on it. ...in your own time. They were working you on it. You
0: could see it in progress, and yeah. it got better till. hi, I'm Captain Catherine Janeway, yeah, welcome yeah, to <laughs> the bridge. At which point you're like got it <laughs> yeah that's it she, she saw kes for the first time she said what, why oh. is there an alien tinkerbell oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. don't get oh. Just started oh,
0: <laughs> <Kes>. oh. <laughs> like, no you know if they had neelix is all right if they had just i mean we wouldn't have Tuvix without neelix so if they had Tuvix
1: just is awesome
0: if they had Tuvix just is like
1: the, <laughs> the greatest character
0: <laughs> Tuvix is awesome um Definitely better than some of the parts. I think if they had just spaced Kess and like the very space first, Kes. it would have been like just <laughs> out into space Our and bad. off they go. Must Things be went,
1: this old to ride this ship.
0: My bad. Yeah, left her with the Okami. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, Jill. I'm sorry, but you must be ten years old or older <laughs> to ride this ship. Yeah, <laughs> but, but 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 we you only have to die. You know. <laughs> sorry, we, only make, we don't make the rules. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, but it is it is a pretty cool series. Once you get past the well the
0: first half of it but i don't know yeah there's some moments There's some moments
1: yeah it, i mean once seven of nine shows up the show is pretty much awesome yeah, but that's, all the way that's
0: like the, the end, end you know?
1: well i know <laughs> it's not it's not completely bad before that but it's spotty you know it's up and down
2: well i have video game news nice and uh well well, 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 well uh, hang on does he know where it is and now it's time for one to sponsored
3: video game
1: news
2: Now, there's good and bad. (laughs) That was an
1: awful big intake of air. This Uh is good and bad,
2: all right? Elder Scrolls uh, is going to be an MMO in 2013. Oh, wow. This is, wow. Here's, and everybody went,
1: yay!
2: Wait. Before you think you're going to be Fusro dying your way through... Uh, the, They're changing the, the name
1: to Elder Scrolls. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, here's the bad part because uh, Skyrim is obviously the most popular Elder Scrolls that has ever been. Okay, it is a cultural phenomenon. It is a fantastically detailed and and giant game, and it deserved to be an MMO. I'm very surprised it wasn't an MMO. It's this year. Uh, yeah, this year. Now, here's the issue: uh, the Elder Scrolls Online is going to take. A thousand years before Skyrim.
0: Well, they probably couldn't have the worlds intersect.
2: Yeah. No dragons. No Uh, shouts. Well, wait. No. Yeah. It gets worse. Um, The engine that they're going to be using is roughly the same, but it was developed by somebody else completely. So. Okay. It is not going to be the same storyline. Okay, here's how it works.
0: Okay, AK-47. Foot. (laughs) Full auto. Right into the foot. Now everyone
1: is excited (laughs) about it. Now other foot. (laughs) foot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Turn around, face toward face, and then repeat. But it's... They took all the things that the, and the excitement for Elder Scrolls that and that Skyrim has built this entire franchise. It, that culminated with Skyrim, and is a wild success far beyond what they thought they were going to do. And they're like, "Cool, let's make it MMO." Yeah. And what they did is
0: they took all the good stuff, all out. the
2: good stuff out, and then gave it to somebody else to make.
0: <laughs> You're like, what? You know, and and I, I I suppose that things like that because that's so incredibly dumb the the only way you make such an incredibly dumb decision is for for practical reasons that are unknown to us like like they didn't have any other business option to do it yeah and they thought maybe we can make a little off it or something i don't know but it's got to be something like that because that's just a really horrible idea now knowing
2: what we know about uh, mmos that mmos have been in decline for the last year or two uh, as far as uh you know, listener or not listenership, but uh, uh, subscriptions right. and, and all that kind of stuff—they've really lost a step. And it's—it's uh, it's, some of it's gone to platforming, some of it's gone to you know shooters and all that kind of stuff. But the MMO thing is a little different than it was a couple years ago, where it was just king and everybody was on top of it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so you're launching into a—at least we'll call it a stale market. It, there's still a lot of cash there; it's billions of dollars, right? right it's it's tough to get a foothold in them I and mean, they've they've already started closing some of the less successful ones. City of Heroes has been going on since almost the beginning. They closed it, you know? I mean, there's City a lot of
0: Heroes them. never really was.
2: Well, it was America. it was not the one of the main line, but it was like a second tier game. You know, as far as some of the stuff goes. But uh, all the old ones are still going, but they've they've lost some. You're launching into this market, you're doing it with name recognition. You know, you know what Jeff Johnson can do, you know? I mean, you it's it's one of those things where you know the the title. You know the, the kind of realm. You're going to have some of the same functions. But all the things that made it a phenomenon, you're not including. That's
0: a thousand years
2: before it. So you're not even going to have
0: references. You know, I, I get this story space. Like, I, we don't want these stories to over to to cross because we can't do that. Yeah. On the other hand... You could have done something. Like, oh, it's a different universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, anything,
2: uh, something, you know. Not, hey, it could uh, take place right after, you know, like
0: right so after. It's like the, Elder Scrolls, but it's taking place in the 1970s.
3: Yeah. <laughs> 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 bonch-ka-pom, bonch-ka-pom. Oh we no! Spider Man Three. <laughs> we figured the, uh, the
2: temperance
0: movement of the 19 you know but with disco. Yeah, exactly. It would <laughs> so be great. <laughs> uh, so, uh, sort of like Shakespeare. It's like we can't do the original. What we need to do here is set it in the present. With Leonardo DiCaprio, but talk
2: like the original script. <laughs> but just him. We think we got a winner here. Yeah, <laughs> but just him. <laughs> By the way, he will be wearing this sackcloth.
1: That's hot. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> hot.
3: They
0: don't have gender, is that? <laughs> yeah, no one has gender. I, uh...
1: I had to wear sackcloth for like a week one time when I had hives. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Aww.
0: I had like a, a very small piece of video gaming news to go oh, yeah? along with this. Yeah, uh, we we talked a couple times about Baldur's Gate uh, available for the iPad, <clears throat> and I've heard, incidentally, from a couple of GWCers that uh, that it's it's actually really works well on the iPad, and what, just like uh, just like all the Final Fantasy games and some of these other awesome games they've been bringing forward and adapting for the tablet. They interface, really do work well. Yeah, it works well. It's a lot of fun. Good time. Um, but uh there's an android version that they're working on which is awesome but apparently it hit a snag and and they're delayed a bit i guess some technical issue with the way it was working is is causing a pretty significant delay in the android version but i think the upside of this is that they're working on an android version so it's not intended to be a solely uh ios experience which i think is a good thing cool and i don't yeah, know yeah definitely you know it's funny i don't know if you guys have played much on uh, uh i'm i'm not i'm not really a like tablet slash phone gaming person i don't know why it's not that i am against it i just haven't fallen into that category uh but when juan was here he was playing quite a few on the nexus 7 and i was really surprised at how awesome a gaming platform it was like it is a killer gaming platform it looks great the the graphics look look great on it i mean okay it's not you know the new brand new sony but on the other hand it occurred to me that this must be just a death toll for the ds you know like originally the ds was cool because for a hundred and change you know you got this little device that played some games that aren't super hot but they're really well designed for it and they're a lot of fun which is of course always been nintendo's thing and and it's uh it it was a good time but now for two hundred dollars you get a tablet that is a way better gaming platform. And does, and does a bunch of and other stuff. Rep. Oh, and by and the way, does, yeah. <laughs> it's all, even if you just bought it for that, it's a fair price comparison. And, uh, and oh, yeah, the games are cheaper. Like, I mean, you still pay 15 bucks minimum. Yeah, but you're not paying 30 No. I mean, well, I mean, I was saying I'm, the minimum you're going to pay for a, a DS game is 15 bucks. Yeah. And that's unless it's just ancient. Yeah and there are a lot of like 3 4 10 dollar games that are not junk like you know the uh uh like vice city is like 10 bucks i think yeah i mean there's a bunch of them so anyway also very funny moment when juan was showing us uh, Vice City and he was running around stealing cars and Audra <laughs> and I were, were just awesome. ragging him incessantly You're like, because You're
1: the worst bad guy ever. You were the
0: most uncool car thief. Like all he could steal were like crappy pickup trucks and panel vans and crap. <laughs> panel vans. <laughs> you know we were like <laughs> you get a sports uh, car? What no. the hell? What's a oh, pitter-ass well, Walter? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were just it was like this constant barrage he's like shut up. <laughs> it was fun. We were all having a good time. Did you need you need to fix somebody's cable? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you? <laughs> you can
1: imagine where it goes from here.
0: Yeah, fixes the cable. But yeah, Baldur's Gate's still on, still coming for Android, just not right away.
1: Speaking of uh, still coming, I read this interesting <laughs> article on... Exactly
3: The uh, transition <laughs> ever. Um,
1: I saw this article on, uh, on Blaster. I know that's kind of it easy go-to but uh it was talking about ridley scott's alien uh the original movie from the 70s and i'm a huge alien franchise fan so i had to go check it out and apparently when the movie was released originally in uh the uk it was rated x um which means that you <laughs> had to True, it is
0: alien sex
1: yeah well it actually has to do actually, with sex um it's interesting doesn't everything well, I know it's funny. We always joke about how in the U.S., um, you know, everyone's like sex sensitive. You know, like uh, we were just watching a Simpsons where
0: oh, it was great. Homer's trying it to take Bart's awesome mind comment. off like a
1: question about sex, so he takes him to go see the Itchy and Scratchy movie, and they're like blowing each other apart and stuff. Like
0: poof, it was great, great, great commentary.
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, it, so usually, you know, we think of uh, in the U.K. them being a little bit more concerned about showing violence, but in this case. Alien was rated X, which means you had to be 18 to see it uh, because of what the censors said uh, was potentially confusing sexual information for younger people who were, uh, you know, still trying to figure out how that stuff worked. They're
0: not concerned about them seeing it. They're concerned that what they see that might they confuse might them about the reality of what they're doing.
1: Now, here's the thing. Like <laughs> like a lot of articles on Blaster, on one hand, I see that it is funny. Like, what they're pointing out is worthy of making fun. But at the same time, I don't like Blaster's take on it. Um, so, it, okay, so here's a quote from the, uh, the censor. He said, uh, the scene where John Hurt uh, finds the room with all the eggs in it, right? And then he kind of... He's wearing a space mask, but he sticks his face down into one to see what it is, and the face hugger jumps up, splats onto his face, and sticks his thing down into John Hurt's throat and fertilizes him, right? Um, what did uh, you
2: do here on your date, Jimmy? Well, I, I did everything you're supposed <laughs> to. I hugged her face real tight <laughs> and then stuck my seed down her throat. Did you walk
1: around the outside
0: wah, of wah. her? <laughs> Somebody's getting a visit from HR. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're going to put this in our next training video. <laughs> um, okay, so the the guy who wrote the judgment um, back in the '70s said, "I, I feel uneasy about passing for fourteen-year-olds." A film which uses sexual imagery in a horror context. Which, by the way, I could see that. Um, the images are not always explicit, but run like a dark undercurrent throughout, suggesting a powerful, threatening, unnamed force. Occasionally, the image is explicit. As when the leathery egg opens up to reveal a glistening, pulsating membrane, which erupts into a squid-like creature. Um, What
2: really freaked him out is the fact that men gave birth in this movie.
1: Yeah, he says, I
2: don't.
1: (laughs) No, it goes against all the laws of nature. He says, I don't want to flash ideas like this to teenagers who might not have come to terms with the normal sexual functions. The early teens are a troublesome time, with physical changes making terrific demands on emotional stability. I don't myself want to pass for this age group a film which might be disturbing in a non-specific way to a significant proportion of them. So I mean it's kind of vague but I think what he's saying is just that it would it would give them really weird ideas about sexuality that are not worth showing to All young guys. Teenage. You can
2: get pregnant. You and male seahorses. You guys the only males that can have children but that's it.
1: So on one hand I totally agree with and making track. fun of this because yeah. we we always make fun of uh, you know, the kinds of things that censors say, and, and the American censor system is, you know, we won't go there, Sean, don't worry. Um, <laughs> you all know how
0: I feel. Yeah, we do, we do. Jim and Bexley.
1: <laughs> but, um,
0: what? <laughs> it's like, what? Male pregnancy, Red Dwarf. It's lister's Right, children. Right,
1: right, 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 of course. Um, but here's what's annoying. Here's how Blaster responds to it. This is Blaster's, uh, writer. See, this was back when the censors were allowed much more freedom to interpret things based on how they thought, uh, an age group would react. These days they rate films based on images depicted and don't spend as much time getting all philosophical on us. So it sounds like Blaster is saying these days it's way better because they censor based on imagery instead of what it might mean.
2: Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because imag- imagery is really a lot easier to understand, you know? Well,
1: yeah, that's what they're saying. And, yeah. and they're like, instead of getting all philosophical on us, and I'm like, now, wait a minute. Instead of
2: doing all that thinking.
1: Exactly. That makes me want to take the side of the censor here because, you know. The
2: cultured bastards.
1: The ki- yeah, the kind of thinking that says, well, as long as there's not a big dick flopping around on the screen, <laughs> I guess we can show it to them. You know? But they all
2: have a copy of American Pie Unrated.
1: And yeah, exactly. Line. Or, or they show them things that are so psychologically disturbing. Like, what were we watching recently that I was like, "Holy crap, this got a PG 13 um, Glee. No, the, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Born was good. We were watching Born Legacy, and I was like, "This movie got a PG thirteen. This is like, this is a very violent, very disturbing adult movie." I know? was very
2: surprised that one got PG thirteen. Yeah, me yeah.
1: Too. That means that people could be walking in with their seventh graders i think audra you know, makes I a really mean,
0: good point here that that you know regardless of where you stand about what you should see and shouldn't see you the way to think about it is in an overall sense not in a what specific objects are on the screen and for how long, right. which is, which is, you know, it's kind of funny. It almost sounds like a bad project management system or something where, like, you know, what's
1: the boob to screen time ratio? People or... get
0: so focused. You ever had uh, like a, a project manager like that that, that, that like is so focused on the process that they forget what you're doing? and it's all about like counting everything and making marks on the board and everything and you just forget about, right. oh, we're supposed to be doing yeah, something Yeah, the management here. process is actually bigger <laughs> than the project. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and
1: Hollywood knows how to get around that, you know, and that's why right. you have a movie like, it's you know, this the negotiation
0: first, about how, the like first you said, dark
1: night movie doesn't have any on-screen boobs, so let's just make it PG, you know. How many <laughs> swear
0: words are in it? How much do we, what right. objects do we see and for how long? And it's like, holy crap, folks. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, the MPAA is not exactly
2: no. what you'd call a fair and no. trusting body a sense, of uh, sensible
0: yeah. rational
2: anything no. yeah. they're in it for cash and they're in it for you know what they know get out <laughs> of it and but
1: blaster had a higher ground here that they could have made that argument and instead they're just like see today it's we just look at blaster. images instead of getting all philosophical. yeah really yeah, i mean
0: because you know i i go there for my you know it's, hard-hitting it's, journalism it's, look, <laughs> it's, here's the thing it's the atlantic or blaster so i'm thinking i'll go to blaster because that's where i'll get some insightful do you really you know, want and, news go to the daily show what so, everyone else does, no kidding. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, all
1: right, fine. Then uh, let me go to my other news piece, which is from The Atlantic. Okay, <laughs> The Atlantic. <laughs> it actually uh, this was published on January 9th, and um, it's it's not. I won't go into super detail, but it's a cool story on how the book covers of science fiction novels evolved from the nineteen fifties onward. Um, it's really cool. It's called "Space Cartoons to Space Psychedelia." how sci-fi book covers evolved. And uh, they go back and they they do kind of a, there are groups of people who are taking old sci-fi books and uh, the physical copies and scanning them and preserving the book covers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and some people have argued that the book covers are becoming obsolete as people read more and more digital. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I have to see the arguments, but.
0: Well, I know that, uh, though the Kindle can't display them very well, that the Kindle books that I've purchased do have the cover in them.
1: Right. Right. You know,
0: like, I mean, I, I read them on the iPad because I don't have a dedicated Kindle and and they uh, I do see the cover. So, I, you know, it's funny. I haven't read much fiction on it because I've been so busy with school and you read so much that you're like, yeah, I'm done reading for a little bit, you know, but I, I think I would want that. I would really want to see the cover.
1: Yeah, it's, oh, sorry, go ahead, Sean.
0: No, I was going to say, it was a show, I can't even remember
2: what I was watching the other day, but uh, it's this mother and daughter arguing about books and everything, and, and the mother's like, you cannot judge a book by a cover, you know, by its cover, and uh, she walks over to her mother's bookshelf, she picks up this romance novel, and she goes, really, why did you purchase this? I thought it looked interesting, based on,
0: <laughs> all right, never mind,
1: <laughs> <laughs> based on, <laughs> page 37. Yeah, yeah really, that's it. A... <laughs> In a room. trying not to buy any romance novels on the way out to the parking lot um it's it's cool though the the story talks about kind of the cultural shift in science fiction and who the audience was and how um the the cover art in the 1950s tended to be really kind of um uh like it would correlate directly with the action in the story like if aliens were attacking earth with giant blue lasers or whatever in the story, then that's what would be shown on the cover. And they talked about how pop artists and actually really well-known pop artists got involved in some of the cover art in the sixties and that it became a lot more abstract and then also a lot more adult and, and kind of, um, yeah, I guess that's what I would say abstract and adult. And then um, what's interesting is they talk about um, a Heinlein, Uh, a Heinlein book, uh, The Puppet Masters, and it says in the second edition, uh, 1963, the cover shows a dark but still cartoonish rendering of what looks like a giant spacecraft. Um, It's kind of somewhere between the juvenile magazine illustration of the 50s and the abstractions of the early 60s. But... By the 1973 edition, the cover consists of a partially nude woman standing jauntily in front of two naked men in the foreground, while the background appears to be a tie-dyed fabric-looking pattern. It's abstract, artistic, playful, sexual, and edgy. And they they talk about how you can tell the same novel, right, getting different book covers as they keep re-releasing the new editions, shows how the culture is changing and how. Um, people interpret the same story and, and what kind of thing they're trying to project to sell books. And it's just really interesting if you're looking <laughs> did at that the, with art the of,
2: cat who walks through walls to yeah. oh, watch oh, the yeah. cover progression of that. It finally wound up being like this woman shot in profile and her ass and a cat staring at it, you know, it's like <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? That well, sounds
1: that's... like the, uh, the Smithsonian display for <laughs> Mass Effect 3. <laughs> Well, <laughs>
2: and to be fair, though, some of the greatest modern illustrators and artists of our commercial illustrators and artists of our time have done and made their living and made their start with book covers. And some of the book covers you get out are absolutely breathtaking in arts in their own right. Yeah. Uh, it's like the
1: ones we were talking about, the paintings that we got at uh, Comic-Con. Absolutely. This summer. Yeah.
2: You know, of, uh, you know, these, these types of things are. That was the cover I had for Cat. I can't see. It's got the reflection again. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, that's the one I had. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I thought that was pretty tasteful. Yeah, that's that's not bad.
1: That's the Highland. Oh. yeah. yeah the that's, oh, okay. That's the okay. Caddy watch yeah, I haven't watch. read that
2: one. That's yeah. that's not the bad one. <laughs> There's another one, um, but. Uh, there's, there's all like the Vada Transport series. You, you see Kylera on the front, and she's all doing her cool stuff. It is art in its own right. You know, yeah, I had yeah. you guys got me a, a copy of it when you we went down to the last Comic Con. There are some absolutely beautiful and breathtaking stuff that covers represent, and they kind of help uh, enhance the the mystique of the book and set your imagination before you start reading it. Uh, at least in some cases. Um, yeah,
1: and a good artist can work, you know, in conjunction with the author, which is tough because a lot of times the you know the books have already been written, sure. and and the publisher hires the artist, right? I mean, they, they basically seek out once the novel's there,
2: right? The, they go out and a lot of times the author has no real connection or input, even, right? Um, but uh, they're. They give the artist a, a sample from the book and say, "Okay, I need you to write this or, or you know paint this."
1: Yeah, convey this kind of thing, right?
2: And it can actually give you a lot of information about the world. Or like a good example here in the Crown, uh, the one I read, the original one um, had this. The, the original book had this painted dragon with this sword. You know, this uh, uh, knight obviously fencing with it and everything like that. The paperback version. Uh, had this huge, wonderfully detailed painted black dragon on it. And in my head, that's always now what that dragon looks like. Uh, Just because of the paperback cover. You know, you can get that kind of thing and it always becomes cemented with the story. uh, Depending on what you have. Covers can give you a fantastic, even just one picture can give you a fantastic detail about the world that's inside the book. So, I don't know. I feel strongly about covers being part of the books. But... I don't know. That may be because 'cause I'm a shade of bias. I can't imagine. I I
0: just uh
1: Well, I mean, I yeah. I think in recent years, and this one's probably obvious, but I think the Harry Potter books, you know, kind of reignited the importance of cover yeah. art.
0: Here's the crux of
2: the story, right? Here. And it was awesome
1: because they would show you the most you know climactic moment of the novel. And you have no, idea, novel, you have no idea. Yeah, that's G. terrific. Went,
2: Damn it <laughs> <laughs> They already gave me the answer.
0: I have always said that uh, the Pierce Anthony's being a green mother was the like, hottest chick on a book. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of thigh on it, but you know, <laughs> yeah, but it, it's not about you know what she's exposing. She's just hot. So you just like the demure nature of her. I don't think it's that smile. And it's everything.
1: from you know from when you're young and like when you're growing up and you get attached to a certain image like that. You know, I could see that.
0: I always like the look on her face. She has this like, oh yeah, look on her face. Have you, you ever I noticed got that? a giant heart between my legs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, I play with no this. symbolism here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I have a giant piece of wood. I think the, back to Audra's comment, you <laughs> yeah. know, which is it's not, you know, you don't always have to.
2: Yeah, mine was uh, the first book I, I ever identified with the cover that really captured my attention was Curse of the Azure Bonds. Oh yeah! If you can find that on the, on I'm the scared. Thing. No, it's not bad, but it's it's definitely very me. It's it, it kind of represented the entire thing of of pubescent Shaw, and you know, I I looked at it and saw it, and I was like, <gasps> I don't know what this is, but I must have it. You know, and and later on, my mom got me the uh, the game for it and everything like, and that was really my introduction into Dungeons and Dragons. Yep, that would be it.
1: Oh wow, that looks awesome! It is awesome. That looks cool now.
0: Yeah, no, it's super cool. It's if you're listening, if you just Google that phrase, you will totally like ten of them show up identical. Yeah, it's it's the no same mistaking thing. it.
2: Yeah, it's this it's there's no mistaking it, and it's this redheaded chick, and she's got a, a Sauron uh, behind her. Uh, yep, I had there the game it is on the. Yep, yeah, on and the- uh, it was amazing. It was my introduction to Dungeons and Dragons, and. Uh, I remember still to this day D&D that- D&D
1: art in those books is amazing. It,
2: is, it literally is yeah. amazing. It was done by some of the best commercial artists of the day, uh, even now. And uh, man, I remember that. Is that. That is the opening screen to Curse of the Azure Bond. That's oh, okay,
3: okay. when
0: you get cursed. The guy says, uh, your enemies are prepared. The Forgotten Realms await. Go forward and defeat the new alliance to be free of the curse of the Azure Bond. There's five bonds, five bonds that you have on your forearm. There's yeah, there's four, there's four
2: or five bonds that you have on you, and you have to defeat. Uh, and then the gameplay, of course, of, is, oh yeah, it's sixty. <laughs> requires bit EGA. a bit more imagination. Yeah, it's
0: 60, but, <laughs> the cover was the best graphic on it,
2: but uh, you know, there's like these five bonds, and you have to defeat five organizations. Each one gave you this bond because they're going to use you and your party as slaves to do their bidding and stuff. So you have to go and defeat all of them. There's like the fire knives and the. Um, the swamp people and everything. I mean, you, there's all kinds of crap, but it's uh, cool.
1: You know, the, the book cover that first drew me in was uh, a lot less elaborate than that. It was um, the, the paperback cover that I had of a wrinkle in time. And I think I, I don't remember when the one that I had was published. I was reading it in the mid eighties, but I think it probably came out like in the late seventies. Nice. And it was, uh it showed the creature, um, well, it's kind of hard to describe, but like the half human half horse like creature. And it showed the kids like riding on its back and the wings and um, like a a planet that was kind of half, half glared out with light or something. And it was kind of just a space scene with all these fantastical kind of images. And that was the first time I ever spent, you know, I was like eight or nine years old. And I, I just sat looked at it for a long time. And That stuff really matters, though. I mean, you you really do get that image in your head and you kind of hold it.
0: That's true. And, uh, you know, I always thought, like, I've always been fascinated with, like, the Atari game covers and stuff. Like, early on, the graphics in a game were generally really bad. And uh, the Atari being the best example where often your character was a square, you know, or or a, a a compilation of five squares, you know. And, and so the art on the box was really where you got your core, imagination, right? Going. Yeah. Kicked you off to imagine what you're really seeing on that screen. And, yeah, like and pitfall play
2: was definitely not like the box
0: cover. No, uh, but it was in
2: your head. Yeah. Nor was you defender. Know? You know, you got this giant cool tank, you know, rolling around.
1: Yeah. Oh, Defender's like, awesome,
2: you know, Yeah. But
1: I still imagine defender being really clear in my head. And when I see it on the screen, I'm like, that's what it looked like because yeah. I, I could swear that it was clearer yeah. than that. Yeah. The
2: only one that really delivered on that was Tank Wars. You remember that? It was like in uh, it was a couple of years ago, and it had a four-player. connection. You know, it was down at uh, uh, Dave and Buster's.
0: Oh, I know what you're talking about. I yeah. never got to play that. That sucks. Oh, so they, they don't so great. have it anymore. Do no,
2: you? no. It was a really expensive yeah. game, in the floor space with it. You know, the footprint was actually pretty large, and it broke down a lot. But. Uh, Man, was that thing the coolest thing ever? Of course, now you can do the same thing with an Xbox and like yeah. 70 players instead of just four.
0: But you don't have the cool control system. No. And it's a big deal. No, not as
2: not as not as cool, but uh you know, still tank wars. Just saying. Uh, it was awesome.
0: I do have uh one kind of relatively ending piece of news here, uh which is I think everybody probably saw this, but the exchange is worthy of mention. This was a while back, but we didn't have a chance to tell you about it, which was the little interchange between uh, Chris Hatfield and uh, on the ISS and uh, William Shatner on Twitter.
1: Oh, I didn't hear about that. That's you, awesome. You guys didn't.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, Shatner tweets, which is, which is often a train wreck. It's worth watching. It's worth watching. It's like so everything they, he does. So it's they so, got a
2: Hatfield in space and no McCoy. So, it's
0: so, uh, yeah, it's so he's Canadian too. It's so entertaining. Um, And uh, so you get this, uh, Commander Hatfield, uh, are you tweeting from space? (laughs) You know, Shatner. And uh, uh, now that's kind of funny in and of itself. But then the response comes back. uh, Yes, standard orbit, Captain. We're detecting signs of life on the surface.
1: (laughs) That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Which is pretty entertaining. You have to admit, okay, it's like, yeah, I know. This is just kind of funny. And it's really practical. And there's no reason this shouldn't have happened before. But, uh, yeah, but it did come now. on. It's, oh, that is awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just cool. Isn't I'd, it? Yeah, I had fun with that. And a lot of people, I mean, that's probably the most retweeted thing in recent years. Like, everybody's like, holy crap, look what yeah. just I live in the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a bastard tweeted from space to William Shatner. <laughs> You Don't know, let them promote you. Don't let them transfer you. <laughs> Don't let them do anything. Oh you no, kidding! <laughs> oh, I love that line. I remember seeing that on the Carson show. <laughs> the Carson, yeah. Show. yeah. You know when yeah, it was real.
1: Mind. Hey. hey, Carson was on until. Was it Leno?
0: I might have been Leno. No, by Carson.
1: Then. Carson was on till like what eighty-eight or something. At least it wasn't I mean.
0: Arsenio. Yeah, I think you're right. No, it was. It was. Or no, wait, not
1: 88. Maybe it was like 82 or something.
0: Yeah, I think it might have been Leno, but it was early. It was still before it was really the Leno thing. You know, it was still...
1: You know, I
0: was going
1: to say say real quick, I've heard uh, Twitter, maybe it's just in like, because of my job in academic circles and stuff, but I've heard Twitter being kind of denigrated a lot lately. Really? Uh, Yeah. You got to remember that you're in a digital communications program at a university.
0: Actually, I'm with you, but I think it, it... I'm not sure that that's... Limited. Might not be a big difference. Yeah.
1: Well, a lot of people that I've uh, heard lately mentioning Twitter in discussions about higher education, they tend to use Twitter as an example of mindless, you know, like in 140 characters, no one can say anything important. So they use it as the example of, you know, we need students to pay, you know, in-depth attention to things and analyze and, and critical think and, and stuff, which is true. But then they say, instead of just what you can get across in twitter
0: yeah here's here 's the thing though, and I think this is why i if uh, if if somebody in academia decides that twitter is in value is not valuable right I, I think that 's going to hurt because what makes Twitter really valuable in academic circles is that it offers a way to Interact with and communicate with people that you otherwise would have no opportunity to interact yeah. with so yeah. for, and this is actually really important in academic circles because in the past a lot of them have become very like inbred and tied together very closed you know like like the let me put it this way like I have tweeted a thought about uh, about a piece written by or a book written by someone that I'm reading for class as a textbook and receive responses from the author. You know, that's awesome. Um, and, and and on top of that, too, a lot of times you can follow people and see what's going on with work that you couldn't track. Otherwise, it provides a system for that. So it's another way. It's not a way of of analyzing things. It's right. a way of staying aware of them and choosing what you analyze and, and finding information. So,
1: yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, you know, and it's also it's another case in point i i don't i'm not on a lot of social networks a great deal but when i do i I enjoy the hell out of it but i was uh was tooting the other day to somebody and it was just kind of this random interaction about a band i liked in the 90s called gravity kills
0: uh-huh yeah sure
2: and yeah, uh, yeah. they used to have this really awesome stage show where they had a uh, their keyboard player had the keyboard on hydraulics oh that's cool so when he played it it would bounce and he could move it and he could just you know, play it sideways and up and down, moving around it, around it. It was a way to get, you know, the keyboardist who typically just stands it's there boring, and man. it's boring and they put him in the back. He was out front and to the side, you know, right where the guitarist should be nice, you know? And uh, I you know, I saw this show with gravity kills. It, it was killer back in the nineties. I love the keyboardist and all that kind of stuff. The keyboardist from gravity kills, was like hey man thanks we came up with that in the 90s and everything it was a way to get me to do something so i wouldn't fall asleep on stage and everything and it was it was super exciting i had this great conversation with the dude who answered awesome. my question. that is how awesome. that came about i like that and the band you know the band follows you and all this hey you know we got we're doing some new stuff and everything like that and it there's this whole connection that was rekindled, questions answered, and people got to see how these people were actually react in less than
0: 140 characters. Yeah. If you're concerned with the 140-character limit as as something that you can denigrate the system for, you're misusing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I wanted to point out that you know I've heard some of that talk lately, that, that rhetoric is kind of – it seems like it's sort of spinning up and gaining more steam where people are using Twitter as the example of what not to do. And I'm like, "No, you don't understand. You know, Twitter is you're not You're messing out because Twitter is you're, not you're not using saying, it correctly." Yeah. yeah. if you're if you're writing things like, "Hey, I just took a dump," you know, then you're following <laughs> the wrong people. Yeah. Like,
0: okay, I can tell you this. Uh, I went to my first academic conference back in May of last year, and there was a lot of back chatter in in the various presentations. Uh, with people making interesting points about what was going on or referencing material. Uh, a lot of people, when they were done with their presentation, would, would tweet links to things they talked about or questions yeah. and stuff like that. And I followed a lot of those people, and some of them followed me. And since then, I find myself linked into these departments in my field across the country and world. And I still see, like, I, I there have been cases where I knew about an article that came out before People in my department, you know, around me, because the author tweeted about it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I saw it.
1: And there are some really cool, like uh, Melissa Harris Perry, who writes about uh, a lot of African American and feminist issues. You know, or um, Jay Rosen from New yeah, York he's University, awesome. he's or, fun. or like Paul Krugman from the New York Times, the right. uh, uh, Economist and author. I mean, you can just get really awesome links to stuff and. You know, it's just an overview, but anyway, you know, I don't need to sing Twitter's praises forever. But um, I would just try to remember, and I'm going to try to carry that into work, into the college community, That's and remind awesome. people That's that really you know, cool. Twitter is what you make of it.
2: Yeah, a communication medium is is not exactly what you call. Uh, in and of itself, is not good or bad. It's it's how you're yeah. using it, and to evaluate, you got to consider both. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. like that.
1: That's like saying no one should ever talk on the phone because people only say dumb things on the phone.
0: It's like, what are you, an idiot? <laughs> yeah, really. Are you on the phone now? You should write an essay to the fire department when your house is on fire.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tweet them. <Yeah. laughs>
0: that might work. You yeah. never know. Uh, don't laugh. We actually had uh, uh, the, we have a hosting service that handles multiple servers it, don't, you, don't your servers tweet you things when they're having well, problems? yes, but this is even funnier than that. Um, like the... Uh, <laughs> your server t- <laughs> no 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 no. no, like, no bracket. Doesn't <laughs> our
1: house have an account?
0: It does. But the, uh, the the funny thing is, uh, actually, they, in one of my classes, the air conditioner in the room has an account because it makes a lot of noise. So people joke <laughs> about it and will tweet from the air conditioner. But uh, no, I was going to say the hosting service that handles some of our accounts and, and a lot of the infrastructure for GWC had a fairly significant outage. And they do about, I don't know, once a year, they have like an eight or 10 hour outage. And they had one. And uh, this the 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 funny thing is is that and and Juan has suggested that they do this differently over and over again, and they apparently aren't very sharp about it. But they they have their ticket tracking system on the same network as the system, so <laughs> so of course you know ticket track is down. Yeah, ima- imagine that. <laughs> when, Send an email about the email being down. When per usual, there's like a huge network outage. Nobody can tell them, you know. So one and I, we have phone numbers, but they've, they've gotten smart and changed some of them because we've tracked down a lot of their cell phones and stuff. And we'll call them on the cell phone and say, Hey, uh, you're, you're still down. And, uh, but we, we burned through all those. One found them on Twitter (laughs) and actually hit them. Stan,
1: this is Millie. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Hit them on Twitter and uh, got a response. And that was one of the reasons that it was not eight hours and 45 minutes instead of Eight hours because he found him relatively quickly. So nice. I thought it was funny. Well, we should probably wrap up. Awesome. Audrey, you got anything to add here?
1: Introduce uh. <laughs> uh. 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 <laughs> good. More bald <laughs> women.
2: There you go. And sackcloth. It's sackcloth.
1: That, Fair enough. No, that was really good. Oh, I, Sean. I, I can't, I can't I really talk about like, that. I got, <laughs> I got nothing, yeah.
0: Sean?
2: Uh, well, I'm excited uh, about the upcoming meetup, which is uh, in, in March, uh, March 15th through the 17th, I think.
0: Yep, and uh, actually, by the time you uh, you get this podcast, you will probably have hotel information. If not, it'll be the day after. Uh, we will release the. It is all ready to go, and we are just waiting for everything to get in the system. So when you call the hotel, they, they will know, know what are. the hell you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, and
1: check the forum thread. There are a whole bunch of people already who nice. have uh, you know rsvp a lot of people got their tickets already and but if you look uh,
0: this will be on the galactic water cooler website and in the top menu you'll see a 2013 meetup link and that will take you to a site specifically for it uh you can register there um when you register, you will uh, provide some information that will help us uh, with some scheduling. This year's meetup is uh, is going to be a lot of fun. We're really Redesigned. excited about it. Indeed. No, it's it's really awesome. We have some uh, some activities to help everyone get to know each other and uh, to kind of help integrate new people who are, if you're thinking about coming and have not been to an, another meetup, this, uh, this I think, will make it a lot easier. Completely for that.
1: Yeah, this will be very newcomer friendly.
0: Oh, absolutely. And on Saturday, we have a whole string of really awesome roundtables. We did a test of the roundtables last year, and uh, they worked really well. If you can imagine, this is sort of like if a uh, if a panel and a discussion group had a baby. You know, this would be our roundtable. But discussion don't get any shower. ideas.
1: That's not how babies are actually made.
0: It's very important that you know <laughs> that. Remember, hug her face. Seed down her throat. Right. So you got that and you're clear on it. We have just received an X in, uh, <laughs> in Europe. In Europe.
1: Then the stork comes and pulls the baby out of the hoo-ha. After you call Santa Claus. And then delivers it. No,
0: but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There are, there are going to be uh, two big blocks of them on Saturday. And uh, we have some fun guests coming to to uh, sit in on those. But they're very discussion friendly, as anyone who attended one this last year will know. Um it's it's not a panel talking to you as much as it is a big discussion and and, and a good time. Uh, we are doing a live GWC podcast again, and uh, we will likely do some others as well. You'll see on your schedule. But uh, we're really looking forward to it. We're really excited about the venue. Uh, we're in a new venue this year that I think is, uh, is better able to support what we're doing. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So Woo-hoo! we look forward to seeing you register. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I got nothing. Like Audra, I got nothing now. It's, we're good. <laughs> I did want to add one other thing. Um, a, a friend of ours and and a longtime uh, GWC ear and geek, uh, James Harris, uh, passed away recently. And I know a lot of people will know him from the first meetup. Yeah, brother to Steve. Yeah. Who's also a good... Yeah, I'm sure you still you know Steve, dude. but... Yeah, uh, Steve
1: had the handle not Steve. Yeah. for a while. So it and still does yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In
0: fact, when we had uh, our, our outage, um, I posted about it because we were getting some... We had figured out what was going on. There was nothing we could do, so I posted that. And uh, I get this tweet back from not Steve that says, Signal Interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... Poof. <laughs> but uh uh James was a uh, a geek extraordinaire. Um not only is he was he a super guy, uh like I said, some of you will know him from the first meetup when uh he just turned his car into a shuttle and picked up people from the airport yeah. and a lot of a lot of people who came to that first meetup, the first person that they met was James, you know and uh we uh we saw some pictures all the way back to his childhood and everything at the at the wake which was recently and uh you got a picture oh, it was
1: awesome james
0: uh uh you know as a kid with uh, trek and building model rockets as a as an adult too yeah, and
1: marching band and all kinds of like yeah trek gear and oh yeah all the way back
0: absolutely and uh and in classic, uh, in classic form, that I think anyone in this community will understand, uh, we had readings of Bible verses and readings of Firefly lines. Nice, you know. I mean, it, it's uh, surprised anyway. it wasn't in Klingon. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I think he, yeah, he was a, he was a huge Firefly fan. Was he? I think, yeah, nice. indeed. So uh, anyway, we just wanted to let everybody know, and uh, we're really going to miss him. Solid dude. So uh, we'll see you next week. On behalf of everyone here at GWC, thanks for listening. And thanks to all who make GWC possible, including producers Soleil, forum moderators Badgerspoon, Pike, and Frack and Talos, GWC book club maven Casilda and tech guru Juan Drew. Remember, if you'd like to share your opinions with the GWC crew and listeners, you can call us anytime at 214-296-9229, extension 701. You can also contact us via galacticwatercooler.com, our website and blog. But you should really spend some time over on the GWC forum. GWCers really are the friendliest people on sci-fi. We're always re-watching a group reading something fun. You might even find a GWC meetup somewhere near you. GWC is funded by advertising and by listeners like you. For information on how you can donate, visit galacticwatercorecom slash support. Finally, special thanks to Ferris and his friends Encoder and Jim Minnadeo for GWC's sweet theme music. For more Encoder, visit them at myspace.com slash encoder.